E-Tidings Cosmos, Good Morning 21st Century World of Worlds. This is Radio Richard Island, coming to you from within the soundproofless studio of life itself. Tomila Falcher Rotensha, I am your host, Richard Avera, a self-originating planetad philosopher of the natural kind. Hear this, listener, give it here your fullness of ear. From the beginning there is breath, and upon that breath there are words. Arose in the first dawn of a weekend, mine was fresh and clear, and excited about writing and developing some ideas that had come to me in a dream. Then to howsoever didn't I momentarily become distracted from the outset, and found myself to be surfing on the wavy world wide web, for something I thought I might need for my writing, but in truth I didn't. Before I knew it, three hours of my precious dawn writing time had left me, and I became saddened to discover that I had allowed myself to get so distracted. Heavy of heart was I that I hadn't written a single word. And then I found myself, asking myself, almost as if to try and get over myself, could doing nothing productive have a value of some kind? I concluded that it had very little, if any, value at all. Ultimately, it was meant to take my mind away from writing. Often I felt, while there is the presence of someone who subtly encourages me in my thoughts and nudges my writing, there is also, or there are also, those present who never want me to write a single word. One of the methods they use on me to achieve this end is distraction. Arose in the second dawn of the weekend and managed to get some great writing done. Why was I able to do it this dawn and not yesterdawn? The answer is simple. I was of an unalterable determination to write. There was nothing or no one that was going to stop me. The only exception, of course, would have been if my beloved or my family had needed me for anything. I always have them take precedence over anything I do. And the sage in the digital age speaks of the philosopher of old, saying, With sitting of a summer's afternoon, on a branch in an ancient oak, he said, I noticed through the leaves an old man slowly coming in the distance, an old dignified man with long grey hair and a long rusty greyish beard, and he was walking alongside an old fateful grey horse having a long grey mane. And the horse was carrying on his back a few bits and pieces of personal items belonging to the man, such as a rolled-up sleeping coverlet and some wooden eating vessels which were dangling away on either side. And every few steps they would stop, and while the horse kept his head down, the old man would gaze about. They came and stopped by a stream, a little ways over from the tree, and they both enjoyed sipping of the refreshing waters therein. Then the horse, at his ease, took to eating some grass, and the old man flower petals. I had thought that they had not noticed me in the tree there due to the foliage, but they had and the old man, without turning to see who was there, invited me to come down to have some petals with him. 
and I happily did alight from out of the tree. With contentedly eating away, we enjoyed sharing some fine stories and reflections on life. He told me how, he having been a Judic high priest for some thirty-three years, had of a morning woke up to find that he no longer had any fate left in him for the, for the way of his ancestors, the Judic way. He had decided to relinquish the post of high priest, and instead go wander the land in search of a different way of looking at everything. And when I asked him for his thoughts on the new wave of thinking sweeping the land, he answered that in his eyes it was nothing more than a variation of Judaism, and that being the case, it had no attraction for him. It was from him, too, that I first heard the appellative the Christians, with reference to the Christians. When asked why he referred to them as such, he said, Isn't it obvious? For aren't their walking staffs cruciform, and about their necks don't they wear a cross? In today's broadcast, I'll be reading from As You Like It, Tao Dai Ching, and the true classic of Southern Taoist Fragrance. This is a reading in continuity from As You Like It. Who could be out being before his beloved mistress? Marry that should you, if I, if I were your mistress, or I should think my honesty ranker than my wit. What, of my suit? No, out of your apparel, and yet out of your suit. Am I not your Rosalind? I take some joy to say you are, because I would be talking of her. Well, in person, I say, I will not have you. Then in mine own person, I die. No fate die by attorney. The poor world is almost six thousand years old, and in all this time there was not any man died in his own person, validated in a love cause. Trollus had his brains dashed out with a Grecian club, yet he did what he could to die before, and he is one of the patterns of love. Leander, he would have lived many a fair year, though Hero had turned none, if it had not been for a hot summer night, for good youth he went but fought to wash him in the Hellspont, and being taken with the cramp was drowned, and the foolish corners of that age found it was Hero of Cestus. But these are all lies. Men have died from time to time, and worms have eaten them, but not for love. I would not have my right Rosalind of this mind. For I protest, her frown might kill me. By this hand it will not kill a fly. But come, now I will be your Rosalind in a more coming-on disposition, and ask me what you will, I will grant it. Then love me, Rosalind. Yes, faith will I, Fridays and Saturdays and all. And wilt thou have me? Aye, and twenty such. What sayest thou? Are you not good? I hope so. Why then, can one desire too much of a good thing? Come, sister, you shall be the priest and marry us. Give me your hand, Orlando. What do you say, sister? Pray thee marry us. I cannot say the words. You must begin. Will you, Orlando, go to, will you, Orlando, have to wife this Rosalind? I will. Aye, but when? Why, now, as fast as she can marry us. Then you must say, I take thee, Rosalind, for wife. 
I take thee, Rosalind, for wife. I might ask you for your commission, but I do take thee, Orlando, for my husband. Uh, there's a girl goes before the priest, and certainly a woman's thought runs before her actions. So do all thoughts. They are winged. Thou Thy Jing, Installment 40 Reverse movement is how the Tao does go. Gentleness is the course it chooses to show. All existence under heaven seemingly sprang from being. That being from non-being sprang, seemingly. This is an interpretation, after my own fashioning, of some lines from the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. No three-star visitor spoke to me, saying, Humacula Tavera, what stories, what anecdotes, what insights do you bring to this new dawn? Of a day, it being mid-morning, a merchant would happening to come by my way, had the following to me say. The best means of travelling by land, I find, other than by walking, is either on horseback or by carriage. The best way by water would be by boat. But I am at a pure loss as to know what means I might use should I ever wish to travel on the air like the birds, butterflies, honeybees, and flies. I have heard that in these parts there dwells one who can journey on the air, can fly in the sky. I wonder if you have heard of such a person, for I would love to meet him or her, that I may inquire of them how to journey in the air, fly in the sky, that I may, with reaching an altitude to my liking, might enjoy flying and gliding along and viewing the upper head of the down below. You have come to the right place. I am that one. Really? How very fortunate. Uh, can you show me, then, how to take flight? Sure. Lay your hand here on my arm, and we can take off. We can go visit those clouds there. I think I have met the wrong person. You couldn't be the one, for nobody can fly without an apparatus of some kind being attached to them. In my attempts, my many attempts at flight, I have woven wings out of various materials, such as reeds and branches. I have tied them to my arms, and then, with jumping off of a low hill, I tried flying, but every time I would only be airborne for a few moments before crashing to the ground. Just place your hand here on my arm, and we can be on that cloud there within moments. No, no thanks. I'll be on my way. Before you go, see to my feet a moment. What do you notice? You, you are seemingly levitating about six inches above the ground. Uh, swipe your hand under them. A pretense, definitely. H how about now? Seemingly about a foot. Again, swipe your hand under them. Most assuredly, it is an illusion of some sort. And now? Seemingly about two yards. Walk under me. This is without a doubt a deception of some kind. With lowering myself to be again standing on the ground, I spoke to him, saying, There is no pretense to it, neither is it an illusion or a deception of any sort or kind. So, can we now go visit that cloud there? 
No, no way, for flight is not possible without wings. Possible it is, and most natural is it, and swifter and more accomplished too than any a bird, butterfly, honeybee, or fly, when it comes to maneuverability. Sometimes the movement is straight up, sometimes way down, sometimes way off to the left, sometimes way off to the right, sometimes in reverse, sometimes in spirals, coils, curls, twills, loops, and whirls. In ripples and waves, so fast can it move that it goes right into invisibility. Not even light would be able to keep up with it. Do you know? Do you know what? I meet many kinds in my travels, but you are by far the most unusual I have ever met. I will be on my way now. With willingly letting him depart from out of my presence, for his unwillingness to move out from his narrowness of thinking was clearly having no end in sight, I, in the twinkling of an eye, took myself to a rising into the sky, to go strolling clouds over the way for the rest of the day, and well on into the waxing crescent moon be lit night. And the merchant, as he had walked along, thought he had spotted out of the corner of his eye something wingless, something beyond his experience, rapidly ascending into the sky. Full certain he was no bird of any kind, was it? And he knew it to be soundless. In a dawn reverie of this new day, meditated I on what an immortal self of mine did say, did lovingly relay, way back in days of long, long, long gone by. O mortal self of mine, when with living in your own realm and time, ever will you be bringing the counsel of your thoughts to something of great wonderment, All right, I will leave it at that for today. Enjoy taking very good care of yourself and those around you. Be ever so grateful for your many blessings. And spare a thought too for peoples living in faraway places and all different kinds of situations, often very difficult and not at all of their own making. You have been listening to a Planet Earth philosopher of the natural kind bringing radio to the internet via Radio Richard Island. The script format of today's broadcast will be available at a future date on AuthenticClosetDramaScripts.com It is truly an honor to have your listening. It is more than a voice in your ear. There is power in listening, more than a phrase in your eye. Insight there is in reading. Enjoy both and please do spread the word. Thank you ever so much, Richard. May you be a blessing unto yourself by way of your past, by way of your present, and by way of your future. Slon August Banachtlet.